Ladies and gentlemen, it is your boy, Sam Gilstrap. That name's got a ring to it like a wedding vow. We're back again. The COVID-19 is not going to stop me from recording and putting out the good vibes, trying to connect with people. Today, our special guest for episode, I think it's now 48, um, because there's a number I won't count anymore. Um, episode 48 is with Sam Gregory, everybody, and his cat. <laughs> I bet I'm the only one. I bet I'm the only one of the 48 that featured the cat. Absolutely, you are. The first time for everything. <laughs> What's our cat's name? This cat's name is Sadie. I'll get her to look in the camera. There she goes. Oh, Sadie's adorable. a good cat. She came from an animal shelter, and uh, she like hit cat lotto because now she runs the house. Nice. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think most cats do run the house. I guess you know. It's uh, somebody said some great poet or just average poet said uh, a house isn't a home until you have some cats in it. They, they make it a home. It might be your house, but then you get a cat purring in a corner, and then it's a home. Ah, I, like. I like that. I like that. Does it? Does a dog make it like a, like a hotel room or something? It's <laughs> a great question. I think dogs make it a home too, but we just don't have one, so I have no. to rely on the cats to do that job. No, they'll, 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 they're good. They're good enough. They're enough. <laughs> so, Sam, how the heck are you? How are you doing during this time? I'm good. I'm good. I, you know, I, I told somebody today. I feel like I'm living like Howard Hughes in his final days, because <laughs> he got. He got deeply paranoid and, you know, had yeah. people test his food and his finger. <laughs> no one would cut his nails. His hair grew long. It's like, that's me. You know, the, the poor Safeway guy is leaving this stuff on the doorstep. And then I go out and, like, spray everything with bleach. <laughs> it's hopeless. Hopeless. Oh, no. I'm, 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 I, so to be honest with you, I'm living like a coward. But, I, you know, I seem to be living day to day. I have deep respect and... Um, I actually get quite moved when I read sort of the you know, missives that you get from the front lines, people who are medical, you know, front, uh, first responders and people working in emergency rooms and how they completely have no, you know, they, even with fear, they're in there doing their job. And I just am humbled and have deep respect for that as I, as I hold up as a coward in my little foxhole. Hey, you are not alone. Not at all. It's one of the things that, uh, I mean, I used to work in hospice before me and you met. Mm. And I can't imagine what I'd be doing there right now. It, mm. I'd be stripped of all my supplies because hospice patients, uh, for some people, they, they're, they're, their outcome has already been predetermined. Mm. So we need, we need what you've got for everyone else out here. And, and yeah. my mom was a nurse for a long time. So, I mean, I, I keep thinking about everyone that's busting their humps for us. Yeah, absolutely. I have nothing but respect and more respect for those for the people who are doing that kind of work. And, you know, I was from New York City, uh, moved here in 2005, but uh, spent a decade there. And we still have tons of friends there. And we're very worried about them. And, you know, the numbers are terrible and all the rest of it. <clears throat> so aside from that negativity and reality, um, other than that, life is good here. You know, um, we're just quiet. I, you know, I, I read, I, I watch great movies. Everything's coming in the house. We're fortunate enough that Sylvia still has a job. Mm -hmm. So we have some income, which is great. So mm -hmm. I, uh, I have a lot of blessings in my side of things and uh, a lot of um, uh, concern for other people, people we know. She's, uh, Sylvia's doing uh, like online classes, correct? Yes, <clears throat> of which I am uh, uh, one of the teachers. She mm -hmm. um, 
she got together, I guess, just about, I don't know, 20, 25 people that she knew and has known for a while and uh, reached out to them. They're all across the country and some are, you know, sort of semi-famous TV people. And um, then there's unknowns like me. <laughs> and uh, we are doing kind of, you know, pay what you can or uh, just sort of any little donation amount to do uh, various classes and people are teaching all types of classes. And I'm, I've got a sort of a monologue geared towards audition or just, you know, you know, work, work your audition pieces for when this all ends class. Okay. I've got a couple of students, one's in uh, New Orleans and one's in Chicago. And nice. so it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to reach out to uh, students. Uh, they, they seem to be finding it all across the country, which is, which is fun. Absolutely. Uh, uh, during this, uh, this whole like, birth of Zoom meetings and, you know, Google Hangouts, all that stuff that, I mean, I've always kind of known existed and the technology was there. Um, I'm reminded of the, the great dictator closing monologue, talking about how technology was designed to like bring us together. And, and it's, it's seemingly finally doing that. Huh, and, good and point. That's, that's one of the positives that I keep trying to take with this. Yeah. I was just talking today to my 82-year-old mother who said, imagine being in, uh, you know, uh, 1918. Not that she was, but, yeah. <laughs> but she said, you know, they had no way of communicating with each other, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, male, I guess. Uh, you know, you were alone. If you, you, you got closed in, that was it. So, oh, yeah. you know, we're, we're all, the technology is really, <clears throat> I think, is saving a lot of, a lot of folks' mental state. Definitely, yeah. Here's hoping the USPS stays open. Yeah, what is uh, that about? I just, you know, you, you, you think certain things are obsolete, so you cut funding to them. I guess. Yeah, I don't, it's... Right when everybody needs it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it was, it was a hoax for like two months. It was like three months. They, That's they, right. They, they, this was, was a, real... I mean, you know, not to get too political, but it's just yeah. a fact. It was a democratic hoax. Oh, totally. <laughs> well, you, you got the memo, right? Yeah, I got the memo. Okay, good. That's it gonna. Came, that, it came with my <laughs> ACLU card. There you go. <laughs> oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta dig up that card. I forgot that it also allows me to get free gasoline. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Um, let's see. Like the uh, Silver Club. I guess. <laughs> exactly. Um, how have you? How's work been for you? Like, did you lose work with all this? Did you have stuff scheduled? Yeah, I did lose work, but I was, you know, I, so I was doing a show at Curious, which is, which is a great play called Admissions and uh, the mm -hmm. cast was great. And uh, we got to preview it. We had one preview and then we got shut down. Um, we ended up doing a private performance because we didn't want to have people gather, but you know, we had a young man in it making his professional debut at 17. And so his family really wanted to see it. So we had a, we had a small friends and family gathering. And we did it again, but unofficially. Mm. Uh, it's a great play. It's a really great play. And it was fun to do. And there's some hope, prayer, that uh, maybe come August or so, we might get a quick remount in before they start their next season. Mm -hmm. um, but that remains to be seen. Uh, so that got canceled. And then uh, about a week ago, Colorado Shakespeare Festival, which I was lined up to do, got canceled, which, you know, I, we all saw that coming. I, I just think the idea of putting a thousand people together you know, most mostly seniors mm -hmm. uh, sitting right next to each other, uh, you know, <clears throat> four weeks from now is probably not going to the best idea in the world. No, and um, 
and then I'm, I'm lined up to do uh, Scrooge at Denver Center Theater Company, and I'm crossing my fingers that by the time that rolls around, we'll actually get to do it, and it'll be safe for everybody to come see it. And I keep thinking about the day when this is done and how much people are going to need theater and how much people are going to love to come together and how much the, the, it's going to be extra valuable and, and uh, joyous for all of us to do and participate in. Absolutely. Uh, I have, uh, me and my roommate have talked about that day on multiple occasions and on the people I've had on the podcast. It's, it's one of those things where I, I, I've always, you've always loved opening night because all of a sudden all the, the work got to be shown off and you got to like kind of run free for lack of a better descriptor. And this first opening night for actors, artists, your first gallery showing like all of these things, your first, you know, concert, if you're a musician, like it's, it's going to be special. And I, and I hope we are taking stock of that and, and understanding just how like, it's, it's different. A, well, what yeah. we do is a celebration of life and um, to be able to come together after this ends and to celebrate life together uh, will, will be extra meaningful. And I hope, hopefully we don't forget it, you know, Absolutely. <laughs> hopefully we, we hang on to that story about like, Oh yeah, hugs, man, they're really important. And they, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, going to the theater at its best, hopefully it's a kind of emotional hug. I'm hoping for a great glorious Christmas carol come that time. So, mm. well, I'm, I'm hoping for that as well. Uh, you, <laughs> have become a staple um, every year. And it's, it's just, it's one of those really cool things. It's uh, for, for an art, like an actor of myself. I mean, that's just, that's, that's a goal right there. That's something to aspire to and you, you earn it. And the, the city of Denver, the, whoever comes to see that performance is a, in for a real treat. They're very kind to say that. And uh, you know, I'm super, super lucky to have been in the place that I was in and to, to sort of inherit the role from a great Scrooge. He was terrific. Um, and they sort of took a big chance because at the time, which was now a couple of years ago, I was they definitely, you know, 30 years younger than the guy who played it before me. Um, so they were really sort of making a shift, although they didn't change the production very much really. Um, they changed the outlook of uh, older man versus a sort of middle-aged guy. Mm. And it sort of changed the tone of the play. And I'm grateful that they, they went that way because they could have gone with, we need another really old guy. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm quickly working my way towards that. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, but at the I'll time they that. took, <laughs> at the time they took a chance and uh, I'm grateful that they did. And it, it is really a joy to, to get together with uh, the cast every year. And there are occasionally, you know, new folks here, new folks there, but generally, you know, there's a sort of a, a similar family that comes through it. And it's an intense experience. You know, it's 10 shows a week. Yeah. There's no let up. Um, you know, it's, it's a, there's a lot of double days. It's a, it's a lot of work, um, but um, it's gratifying. Audiences, I think, are touched by it. Um, and I think it's a great thing for families at that time of year. So it's a pleasure to do. Definitely. I mean, before we dive in, that you, you, we, us talking about um, that production. It, what do you feel about um, theater that's done for the holidays specifically, like Christmas? Like, do you find, like, I mean, Rube, I'll, I'll say Rubik's cube now in case we don't want to go down this road. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. You, so, um, do you have? Is it? You talk about the experience in terms of the 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 cardio and the fortitude it takes to be an actor and do the 10 shows a day, but the material itself, like, do you find that it still carries weight? 
I think it does actually. And you know, I, I initially I would say to you, it's an interesting experience being Scrooge in a Christmas Carol, mm -hmm. because it's it you you are the person who gets to take a real journey. You get to go from this point all the way this arc and all this experience, and you become another person at the end. Mm -hmm. Everybody else in the script, um, pretty much. I mean, I, I suppose maybe Cratchit has some changes. Maybe Fred does, um, but but pretty much everybody else in that particular script doesn't change. They just come in and affect the journey of Scrooge. And I think as an actor, I think that makes it harder to do the play. Yeah. It's just less satisfying, personally. It's incredibly satisfying at the guy playing Scrooge because it's a, you know, <clears throat> you are the audience stand in and, it, and you take the journey and they go with you and they want you to change and it's very, very satisfying. So from that perspective, I'm really glad that they do a specific play for Christmas because it's for that particular holiday, because it's a joy for me to do. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of general, the general idea, I actually, I, I would have said, if you asked me this question 15 years ago, I would have said, oh, that's a terrible idea. Oh my God, you know, I hate it. I, you know, oh, yeah. it's just all about commercial, commercial, commercial. But now, to be honest with you, I do think that gearing something for a holiday time is important along the lines of what we're talking about in terms of community and coming together and sharing something live in a room. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it doesn't have to be Christmas, Carol. It can be something else. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a Christmas. It could be another time of the year. Mm -hmm. but, but celebrating a common um, holiday experience, whatever, with the audience, I think is valuable. And I think it, and I think theaters, you know, what we're finding, I think, is that we do these online things and I think they're entertaining and I think people need it and they enjoy seeing plays read online. I think it's great, but it's not really the strength of what we do. Yeah. You know, what we do, our art form is live bodies in a room, breathing the same air. And that's where that, there's just an, uh, it's just that energy. It's just the, you cannot replicate it. Um, it's great that we're entertaining people still. I'm all behind it. But I do think that the strength of our particular art form is, is, is live people in the same room. I, yeah, I agree with you. We've, uh, 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 Dan, our producer for the Ghost Lights podcast, is also the uh, do-all for the COVID-19 theatrical response team <sighs> created by my, my roommate. And, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And it's really awesome to you know, get a script in front of me especially, you know, when I'm asked to do something that I've never done before and like stretch that muscle. But I've talked about it a lot where me talking to this little small camera at the, on top of my computer, yeah. it just doesn't, it just doesn't replicate it. Like what, yeah. what I've been, what can feel grounded there and what can feel honest and what I could be affected by. It, I just have this nagging feeling. It's like, it's just, yeah, it's, yeah just, the it's just short. Yeah, as you know, like when you do a comedy, the, the always the missing puzzle is the audience. They're they're the fifth cast member, so mm -hmm. to speak. You know, they're 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 the they're the other piece of the puzzle, and you need them for it to work as a whole. Yeah. And so, even to not have them in any, you know, what is supposed to be a live performance, yeah, that's tough. That's a detriment. Mm. Yeah. Well, but really, just thank you for being with us today. I really appreciate it. I hope I haven't been too boring. No, not yet. We're not even done yet. We haven't even started. <laughs> I, I just wanted to thank you for being here because this, okay, well, this is awesome. I want to Great. show you what I'm enjoying tonight. Ooh, yes. This is a fine vintage uh, blend. Ooh. Uh, it is um, from Washington State, although everything is in French. 
Hmm. So hmm. I can't explain it. It's a tradition des familles. So famille. Uh, anyway, it's quite good. Nice. Well, I, uh, I, I will show off my, uh, this is Jose Cuervo Margarita mix and uh, $10 uh, clearance sale tequila. So cheers. cheers. <laughs> a virtual toast. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing like it. Yeah. Uh, so I think we should talk a little bit about how we met. Yeah. Oh, you want to? Let's do it. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Waiting so uh, go, yeah. So how, how do we meet, Sam? Um, well, let's see. You never saw me. I saw you in two plays at the Denver Center well before we did Godot. And I, it, it was, and, and like, again, forgive me, because it, it's going to be a little bit of a, I'm not worthy moment here. But uh, I was just, I was just like, that. that's a guy that, that's a, that's, that guy's got this career that I, I, I want to, I want to get close to. Um, and then I show up at the auditions for the Arvada Center the, for the first black box season and a combination of preparation and hunger and sheer luck got me into the callback room. And then, well, and you were good. Well, <laughs> thank you, man. Thank you very much. I mean, there's um, that. Yeah, there's, there is that. Let's, uh, let's talk about how good I am. Can we do that? No. <laughs> okay, there's 20 minutes right there. Boom, yeah. Let's see. Let's, oh, Sam, that moment where you uh, scratched your butt, that was, that was great. <laughs> I was really with you. Uh, so, yeah, it was doing Waiting for Godot. Yeah, yeah, during Waiting. Uh, which is, and I just wanted to bring it up only because I thought it was a great experience, but I also thought it was one of the most difficult plays I've ever done. I don't know about you. Um, yeah, it was pretty hard. Uh, I, yeah, just blocking, blocking, leading, or having Josh lead me out on that rope, oh, and then when the times I had to like pull the rope, like oh, yeah. I, I've, I'm one of those guys that if if I'm not if I'm not totally prepared, I'll let the adrenaline take over in certain yes. moments, and that can be bad. Like if you've got something physical where somebody else could be hurt, yeah. I've, I've kicked a guy on accident. That's happened before. I've done oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that's like, that's, the, you don't want to work with that guy. So <laughs> to have Josh at the end of this rope, and I've got to jerk it a whole bunch, like, I'm glad we worked that as many times as we did. And then but aside from that, oh, the words. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Words. Tough words, man. And, and just really, it's just extraordinarily difficult. But I do think we had a really strong production. Mm-hmm. I, you know, credit Jeff Kent, great director. And uh, and honestly, it's interesting because the people who liked that show loved it, and mm-hmm. the people who didn't like that show hated, hated it. it. Hated it. I mean, you know. Yeah. It's interesting because that, that 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 I mean, look, the Arvada Center audience, good crowd that they fully support what they do there, but they also maybe not the most, um, maybe doesn't go for the most experimental stuff, mm-hmm. and. And you know, Godot is pretty out there for them. So oh, it was a challenge for them. <laughs> it was. It was. It was a lot, uh, especially those with the uh, ice in their cups. Oh! <laughs> oh man, the second you brought it up, I was like, oh, I can't wait to bring this up. <laughs> yes, the opening night fury. Yes. Well, okay. So to make it really clear, just for people who might still be listening to me rattle on, is that. Um, yeah, opening night, we had uh, 
two women in the front row uh, drinking their drinks because that's allowed now in theater. That's all another topic. We could spend 10 minutes on that. But so that, yeah, exactly. And it wasn't just rattling the ice. She was chewing it, man. Yeah. And like, chew, and you're like trying to remember this text and trying to drive this incredibly out there, crazy stuff. So finally. The whole thing home. Like, you're at the wheel trying to get this Mack truck into the lot. Man. And, like, you've got, like, there's a fucking squirrel in your, in your fucking way here. I know. So anyway, <laughs> got to the final end, and I was like, that's it. And But to be honest, we did a lot of breaking the fourth wall mm-hmm. in that show from the beginning. We did a lot of getting out in the audience and talking right to people. Mm-hmm. We had established that as a premise. Mm-hmm. So running off the stage, grabbing her cup and throwing it down into a pond, uh, I don't think was too much of a stretch. No, not at all. No, you were right in there. Totally Man, I'm just, I'm, you know, I think she really thought it was part of the show. <laughs> she loved, I mean, from what I understand, no one got, no, no managers were called. No, know? I think her gin and tonic ended up in the, uh, in the pond and uh, she was good with it. Yeah, she was totally fine with it. It was I, an I, incredibly I, satisfying moment. You pick the perfect part of the monologue. I can't stand no more. I can't stand it no more. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Yeah. I don't work at the Arvada Center as much anymore. I wonder what that's about. Oh, man. They, they don't know what they're missing. <laughs> they got to... They, if they, they hire Sam Gregory, they have to understand a couple of times out of the run, you know, audience members are going to be fodder. Refreshments are going down. They're going down. And it... You're getting top-notch performance. So what if you throw out a whiskey and soda? It's okay. There's more. You've got sell t-shirts. You know, hey, an actor ripped my. You know. Yeah, they they, they run up the price of the bar anyway. <laughs> like, it's fine. They're just, they're not they're not hurting any for that. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I always forget that, and then somebody says, "I was there opening night. And I saw you do that." It's like, oh god, okay, yeah, well I did. Yeah. Oh well, <laughs> you know. She loved it, and and you know what? She stopped chewing her ice. Yes, she did. <laughs> yes, she did. It would be great if she went to her friend's cup. Can I have some of your ice? Yeah. Yeah, because that has such – well, that, that then we're talking – now that leads us into, you know, what sort of another interesting topic about, you know, what, what, it, what should we expect in the theater of behavior, decorum, or not? You know, uh, there was some – Somebody recently on Broadway was like, it's okay if cell phones go off and people talk on their cell phones, you know? That's part of what modern life is now. Mm. I was like, I don't know. Not, I mean, if I'm paying 125 bucks, that's cheap. If I'm paying 200 bucks for my ticket on Broadway and somebody next to me decides to have a phone call, oh, that's, no. yeah. It's no. not about their phone call. It's about my experience of the show, right? Well, I, I mean, the, the idea that, yes, that is part of modern life. So for all the young guys out there that are listening, yeah, totally. It's a part of the world that we live in now. We're all on our phones. We don't have landlines. I get it. That's how you get in touch with people and how people get in touch with you. But the idea of going to see a movie, a play, it's not, a, it's not about your ability to connect with the outside world. It's about your ability to shut the outside world off and connect with what's happening in front of you. Have that transport you. Like, be there for that. Like, it's okay to turn it off or to mute it for two hours. And two hours. Once a month, a week. 
Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a little bit about respect of people around you. Yeah. What do they want? Do they want to hear about your, you know, details about how you're going to meet somebody after the show? Or do they want to hear the show? You know, everybody paid money to see the show. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, a jury's out a little bit, but I, I for my money, I, I, I do like the idea of people like, okay, I'm going to check out for two hours and spend some time here in this room and take this story, take this ride. But I'm right. old, so whatever. Oh, stop it. I'm 36. I feel the same way. Like, I'm six. I don't even remember 36. Well, <laughs> this is when my knees started to go bad. Oh, no. That's because you. Okay, so what else is interesting to talk about? Theater, Stan, Sam Gregory. How did it happen to you? Let's see. Okay. It really happened, and I have to thank my mom, because it was a summer 107 years ago, and I was sitting around the house, as all kids do during summer when they have nothing to do, going, I'm bored, I got nothing to do, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, uh, there's a theater troupe, kids' theater troupe. And it wasn't children's theater, it was just this theater troupe. And they're doing a Midsummer Night's Dream. And, uh, and I want you to go do that, because I don't want you in the house. And I was like, no, God, no, no. Shakespeare oh god no and I went and there were a couple of these this was in California and there were a couple of these um there were two younger folks um who were you know that I don't know they must have been 25 who were ACT students who were taking who had the summer off and to make some money they decided they were gonna you know charge charge kids I don't know 200 bucks 100 bucks to do this play and so they you know had 20 kids charge them 100 bucks and they had their their money for the summer and uh, my mom's like, yep, worth it. Get, the, get, him out, get him out of the house. So I auditioned for it. And they were like, yeah, we want you. You're either going to be Bottom or, or, or Oberon. And I was like, wow, okay. Uh, and then they sort of had all settled down. I played Oberon. And, uh, and man, so there, I, was, I was, I think I was 12. And uh, the kids playing the lovers were high school kids, you know. Mm -hmm. And we did this show in parks in... It, like we did it at the Renaissance Fair on a stage in Marin County. We did it uh, in a park in San Francisco. We did it in parks on, a, on the peninsula. We did it in a theater at a high school. We did it like we took it around. Yeah. And uh, there were like little kids in it as well. And it was a slightly cut version. I mean, we didn't have everything in it, but it was full on Shakespeare. And man, I got the bug. And these guys, what was interesting was, because they were ACT people, uh, the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco, you know, they were teaching us the stuff, the deal, the method, man, that we were like, it was Stanislavski, it was like, it was everything. And, you know, um, everything that they were learning then, they were trying to pass on to the kids. They were, they were like about teaching us to act professionally. Now, mm -hmm. I have no idea what the quality of our of our performance was i mean my parents liked it but um but i ended up getting the bug and um and i you know and i never really did it in school i always did it through these sort of like like those two kind of ended up teaching sort of summers because it was good money and mm -hmm. you know, they could make ends meet but i you know they were really passing along the stuff that bill ball and everybody at act was 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 learning at the time and and trying to practice at the time and so as a kid i was getting some of that stuff early on right. so that's the long 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 answer is that my mom just wanted to kick me out of the house well she, it, it, it sounds like it's worked 
she's 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 lived a long time and you're on stage she's <laughs> yeah. Got her back. <laughs> yeah yeah i think she's more relaxed yeah and i found a career sort of <laughs> what was it about the bug specifically that bit you was it just the make-believe at that young age that grew or was that's, it something else well that's a great question hmm. you know somebody asked me recently we were having this discussion what do you like more rehearsal or performance and, you know, for most of my life as a young actor, I would say performance, performance, performance. And now it's rehearsal. Mm -hmm. I, I much prefer rehearsal. I, I, I enjoy performance, um, particularly once it's really settled into its groove. And, and I like it, but I don't like it as much as, as rehearsal. And I think back then, you know, it was about performance and it was about a group of people. It was sort of like a team sport, you know, it's not uh, individual. It was about, we're all going to pull together and pull off this thing, you know? Um, reminds me of Shakespeare in Love where, you know, Jeffrey Rush is like, how's it going to work? How's it going to work? I don't know. It's a mystery. You know, there's sort of this idea of this collective coming together, these freaks and geeks and nerds and turning it into some kind of great little piece of beauty. At least that's how I thought of it, even though. Who knows what the end result was at the time, but that—that that I think is what got to me was was it was a this group coming together to make something beautiful. Has mm. that changed for you at all? As we've uh, just that I like. Book? I think what it is now is that I just enjoy the room with no expectation, with with no. Um, we have to make them laugh. We have to make them cry. This has to. I like the room where it's like, let's try this. Oh, hey, no, no, no. I think this other thing, sharing ideas, problem solving together, finding what you think is the best way to tell the story, mm -hmm. to me is where the real joy is now. I love that search and that journey for it. And I, I enjoy doing it, but I don't get, it's not the same pop as the, uh, as the experience of finding it in the room with fellow, uh, with colleagues and fellow artists. Definitely. Have yeah. you, ever i mean as we've one of the things that i've always encountered is my brain gets ahead of me and says oh i know how this has got to go <laughs> you know the little like i that sam gilstrap from the time he started acting from the time he started doing anything and knew that he could get rewarded for it like grades like yeah. i wanted to be the best at them i wanted uh -huh. to be the best person in the room and that gets in the way have you ran into that over the course of your career that hunger Wanting to be the best? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I don't know that it's about wanting to be the best, but, but I, I think I've always felt jealous of, the, of opportunity that happens for some people mm -hmm. if I don't feel that I've had the same opportunity. That's certainly been with me my whole career. And, I, and I'll hear about somebody who got an audition to do both. Like, ah, why didn't I get that audition? You know, so there's that. Yeah. I, but I've also felt this. <clears throat> I think it's always terrible to be the best person in the room. Mm. I think that's a disaster. You do not want to be the best person in the room. You want to be the, you know, maybe like the third best. <laughs> because, because you want people who like are, are really brilliant. So, you know, you're like, Oh my God, I never would have thought of that. Or oh, they raised me up here. Oh, you know, it's that, that, that thing about playing tennis with a better player, you play better, but it's also, you know, it's a terrible thing to maybe think you're the best person in the room. I think that's, I think that that's a, a really he heavy pressure to bring to yourself and, and a negative. It's like, you just definitely want to be around better people than yourself. Yeah. You know, swing up, right? 
Well, it's not, it's not hard to find. Like, I easily find people who are better than all the time. It's like, oh, that guy's way better at that. Let's go do that. <laughs> if, you, if you've got the courage enough to look for somebody smarter. Yeah, but I think that's a good thing to do. I mean, there's no reason not to. Mm-hmm. I think about sometimes directors who, like My Way or the Highway, right? Those yeah. guys. And I always think, well, there's 25 brains in this room, you know, and now we're supposed to just say yours is the best brain. Mm-hmm. And so all these other brains we're going to ignore. Yeah. And I'm always very respectful of the director who has says, okay, I have my brain and I got my ideas. And in the end, I'm the decider, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> um, but I'm going to entertain your other 25 brains because that's a lot of brain power. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like a director who listens and then goes, yay or nay, and I'll respect it. But, it's, but I'd like to have him listen to somebody's idea. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was. It, I'm I'm glad you answered it like that because it was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Is in that when you're in that collaborated, you know, that room full of collaborators, and you run into that one brain mindset that's like, nope, like, nice try, but it's this way. Hey, I'm on board if they're a genius. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but, but I'm just trying to remember <laughs> how many of those. Yeah, I mean, no, there's been a few. Yeah, true. Well, but I mean, I, that, that's another great point. It's just like, I mean, you don't always often, I don't know. I find that I, I, incorpor- I bump into geniuses when they are open to the collaboration. Absolutely. I, yeah, I mean, the more, con- they're more confident they are in their, their knowledge and the more um, brilliant they are, the more they're open to whatever anyone else wants to say and they'll take or leave. But mm-hmm. if they're threatened, then you, then you have a problem. Yeah. Now we're not, now we're not having that conversation anymore. And now right. it's just, all right, when do, when does the show open and you're out of the room? Oh <laughs> 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 oh man. Hey, how are you weathering all this? Oh man, I'm, I'm doing okay. I, I, I've got this podcast. I've been able to do a lot more episodes with, um, I've got, you know, some of my favorite actors are available right now. So I get to, I get to sit down with them and talk to them. Yeah, it's nice uh, to have this time with you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time. I mean, you're just, we're basically just having a happy hour drink. Yeah, it's nice. each other. Yeah, so we're you got to run home and take care solving of all, Solving all the problems of the theater world, which I think Yeah, is, that's all we're doing. We're just, really just hashing it out, chopping it up, as it were. I'm hashtag blessed right now. I, uh, I'll say one last thing about this virus thing. It's like, I have a number of friends who are really worried that theater won't come back. That, yeah, that it's just not going to come back. And I'm like, wow, I don't see that. Mm-hmm. I see it roaring back. Mm-hmm. I see it being the antidote to this. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm an old liberal Democrat. I'm just way too optimistic about stuff, so. I, I, I honestly, I do think it's like, wow, really? I mean, I think there's going to be some rough times. I think it's going to be tough. People are going to struggle to know when they feel safe to come out of their hidey holes. Yeah. I'll be one of them. Um, and so it may be take a while to get people back in the theater where you're sitting right next to whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but once it happens, man, I think people are going to want it so bad. I agree. Yeah. So much, I mean... I talk, I, I've, I've asked this question of, of friends of mine. Um, when, do you remember the last shared experience you had? Where like you and like a group of people were in a moment together experiencing the exact same emotion. Like it's hard to get that dialed in. It doesn't happen all the time. 
And it, just because, because it doesn't happen all the time doesn't mean it's not good or bad. It's just, it's just you know, we have our own lives. We, we experience things differently. Yeah. But every once in a while, you get locked in with each other. And I find that that happens more often than not in a theater. Yeah. When you're I sitting agree. there, you're in the dark with each other. And if you are open to what's happening in front of you, if you come into it without expectation, like a first date, <laughs> you'll fall in love. <laughs> they call yeah. it lust, call it love, call it whatever. That's a powerful feeling. Yeah, I agree with you, Sam. And you want, like, when you are finally let back out onto the roads, back to your lives, are you craving to just go back to work and buy groceries at the normal time or go to a bar? Is that what, I think what you'll be craving is to see somebody else. Like, I am so upset when people are out there taking a walk that they haven't taken in years, but they can't be in the house anymore, so they're taking a walk and they won't wave at me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm right here. I'm trying to, I'm looking you in the eye. Yeah. Maybe it's the mustache. I'll get rid of the mustache and then maybe they'll be happier to see me. Yeah. It's yeah. Just I just think it's, I just think that what we do is the antithesis of this freaking life right now. Mm -hmm. I just think it's, it's, it's about, it's, it's really about loving your fellow human and being with them and, people are going to want that badly. And I don't know, you know, it's going to take a while for trust. It's going to, you know, it's going to, let's face it, it's going to take a vaccine. Yeah, it's going to take and a yeah. vaccine. But once that happens, man, I think they're going to run to the concerts, they're going to run to the movies, they're going to run to the restaurants and the theater and the ballet. I mean, it's what, I think it's what people are going to just be, realize is missing in their life. That's what I hope at least. I'm I'm with you. My fingers are crossed for that that comeback. I think I just think we're gonna want to be around people. We'll want to be out there around our friends and make new friends. Let's and hope, man. Definitely. I'm I'm gonna drink to that. Okay. So listen, Sam. Yes. It's a real pleasure talking to you. It is a real pleasure talking to you. Um, would you like to dive into our rapid fire questions? Bring it. All right. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. <clears throat> uh oh. All right. So like I said earlier, you can pass these if you want to. There's no reason to go into detail, but um, I, I, ch I challenge you to answer these. Okay. Before I answer, I'm just going to say I often talk before I think. That's fine. Okay. I will let that happen. Okay. <laughs> Where do you get your news from? I get my news from the New York Times. Mm. What movie do you feel deserves a sequel? Oh my God. Oh, I'm so slow. I'm so slow. That's fine. Uh, we'll come back to it. Yeah, let's come back to that. We'll come back to it. Yeah, please do. What is your phone backdrop or wallpaper? My cat. Your cat. <laughs> <laughs> so, cat's name again? Well, I got two. And nice. the one you met is not the cat on the phone. Ooh. Ooh, don't tell that cat. I won't tell that cat. She doesn't have to read the phone. It's fine. <laughs> Which musician, a lot, living musician, would you pay the most money to see? Which living musician would I pay the most to see? Come, let's come back to that. All right, we'll come back to that. All right. That's, these are good. They're good. I just got to think about them. No, I got you. Um, this one here, is, I'm going to change it. it. It was a stupid fact memorized from school, 
And uh, that might be, it's not, it's not been a popular question this far. I'll bring it. All right. What is the, what is the stupid fact that you still have memorized from school, like middle or elementary? Okay. Oh, from middle or elementary. Cause I've got, I've got some stupid facts from high school, but let's we'll give you that. The high school is fine too. Okay. Uh, I took a big class, a class where we had to memorize all kinds of crap about uh, ancient Greece and ancient Rome. Mm. Uh, and <laughs> I remember some really weird ass facts. Give me a like, fact. Okay. Here's a fact. The Roman emperor Tiberius mm-hmm. was a sick pervert who liked to throw little children into a pool of water from a tower to watch them drown because he felt it mimicked sexual ecstasy. How's that for a fact? That is, that's dark. It's that's hard really not to forget a fact like that. It is really hard not to for Yeah, that, that stays, that's going to haunt my nightmares. I mean, to be honest with you, he made Caligula look tame. These guys were messed up. And when you start reading about those guys and learning about those guys, it never leaves you. No. That's, the things that's they did, point. it's yeah. shocking. I'm sorry to go dark, but that, no. that, just, that just left to mind and it, you know, it will never leave my head. That's fine. I'll tell you, some of the most popular podcasts are about murder mysteries. So That's that, true. If we make this dark, that might, that might be good for my ratings. Well, maybe you should do a podcast about um, ancient Roman <laughs> um, Caesars because those guys, whoa. Yeah. whoa. The Caesars Lights Podcast. Perverts of Rome. Perverts of Rome, yes. With Sam Gilstrap. What's up, everybody? It's your lead pervert here, Sam Gilstrap. <laughs> uh, what conspiracy theory do you kind of believe the most? The stuff around JFK. Mm, yeah. Uh, his assassination. Um, I think it's really weird that uh, Ruby shot Oswald and just so convenient why and there's a lot of stuff there that there's a lot of a lot of theories there and there's no, no specific one but because there's so much kind of noise about it it's the one where I go yeah something I think maybe something was going on there yeah I'll give you that for sure um who was your first celebrity crush <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, you, this is gonna kill you oh this is gonna be so embarrassing and i'm gonna say it, Lay it on to me. andrea mccardle who was the original annie in broadway's annie oh man um we're gonna need we're gonna need to get a photograph of her we're gonna need to find that um, you gotta realize i was the same age at the time hey she, i was <laughs> i wasn't like tiberius we were the same she was 13 she was 14 i was 13 or something so you know my crush was definitely oh dude you're yeah you're in the clear it's fine i was in the clear yeah you're fine (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh let's uh we'll backtrack here a little bit what movie do you think deserves a sequel ah quick can you answer that question and then i'll think about it can I answer it? Uh, a, a movie that I feel needs a sequel. And are we talking like recent? Oh, any movie you've ever seen where you're like, uh, oh man, I wish there was more to that story. Uh, or you loved a character that like, oh, maybe a spinoff. Oh uh, yeah. What, what, what do you like? Um, I've, you know, I'm one of those lamos that loves action movies because 
I, you know, yeah. I, I work with kids all day and I don't want to, I don't want to think. Um, but then again, I've always loved action movies, so I don't like thinking. Um, I would say, I would love to see a, a sequel or like a prequel to um, Good Will Hunting from Ooh, nice. Robin Williams' doctor's character's perspective. That's great. I would I, love to see that movie. You know, I just spent an hour session working with an actor using like Robin Williams' monologue from that, mm. uh, where they're sitting on a park bench and he's going at um, Matt Damon about um, how he doesn't have the courage to actually live his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great movie. And actually that piece, working on it, you realize how complex it is. It's not as simple as it appears on the surface. There's a lot going on there. I agree with you. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm going to take that one. Do it. It's a good answer. Hey, man, I'm just looking for the smartest guy in the room. And hey. you. Oh, I'm going to take that. Absolutely. Make, <laughs> I, that is going in the tagline. <laughs> that is, that is, I'm going to quote you for sure. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Which musician that's still living do you, would you pay the most money to see? Is Bob Dylan still living? <laughs> I think so. I think he's alive. Well, you got to go with the older guys, right? Because their time is coming up. Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some fabulous young uh, musicians and singers, etc., that I would definitely pay to see. But they got years. I could see them in 20 years. But Bob, yeah. Bob's going to, if he's not already. Yeah, Bob's on, Bob's on borrowed time. A TikTok. Um, but I sort of read, I sort of, or, you know, and not that he's super old, but, um, I, I really sort of discovered Bruce Springsteen about a year ago when he did his live show on Broadway and I've never been a Bruce Springsteen fan ever, but like that show. And I think you can see it on Netflix. He's a real troubadour, man. He's a real troubadour. And, uh, he tells a real American story and he's, and in this particular, play he's super honest about it like he leads off saying hey man i've never stepped foot in a factory you know i'm just this guy who was a hippie in new jersey Uh, but you know he knew a story that hit uh a zeitgeist a kind of a, a a vein in america and uh i'd pay to see him too and dylan really i mean i know he's all and he's kind of crazy now but but uh you know, you listen to some of his stuff too. It's like, ooh, that's really good, like really good. Yeah, like, yeah, those are a couple of uh, American musicians who are, I mean, I mean, Springsteen's gonna you know, live longer than me, but yeah. but both those guys, I would, uh, I'd pay. I'd pay. I like, I like, I like both of those choices. I think Bob Dylan's poetry, and I think you're right. I think Bruce Springsteen's ability to tap into that, yeah. I guess, that moment of existence. Yeah. And then be adopted by him. Yeah. People who lived it. Yeah. He seemed to understood better than they did. And so they, like they went, they gravitated to the smartest guy in the room. He just happened to have a guitar. They really did. Yeah. And he really, he, he empathized and could feel it and go there and expressed it beautifully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think he's quite a, I'd I'd love to see him in concert. Mm, Definitely. Yeah. The Um, last, Oh, yeah. go ahead. No, 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 you um, go. All right. Our last, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to add another question after this one, but I want to ask this first. All right. What's your favorite word? Uh, 
Well, I'm going to say I think my most important word, I think uh, empathy. Mm. I don't know that it's my, you know, the most beautiful word or the kindest word or, but I think, but for everything it implies, mm. my favorite word is empathy. Nice. Very good. And the question that I'm adding to this list is, <laughs> what is, and if you want me to go first, I can, you, you've already sat through me stumble through it in class. So what is the, what is the most, the earliest piece of theater you still have memorized? Like one of the first few things that you did that's still rattling around. There's a, there's a monologue I'll never be able to shake. <laughs> so that's right? why you're doing it. Yeah. Like I, I learned it when I was a sophomore in college and I'm keeping it till the day I die. I have a monologue that I didn't play the role, but I did the scene so many times that it's in my head. I mean, not the whole, maybe probably not the whole, I know not the whole thing, but it's uh, it's the balcony scene with Juliet, Romeo and Juliet. Oh yeah. You had to do that in Bust Up. Did I? That's oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know you had to do that because I had to understudy that scene. <laughs> <laughs> that's right jenna jenna Mulrays. have you had her on the show yet oh yeah she was on like five episodes ago oh she's awesome yeah she's great she directed one of my online performances we did danny and the really DVD. yeah i really like her she's a smart director she's she's a she's a funny charming and talented person um who made me uh eat some of like she had this stuff she was hey simon come on up and say hi to everybody you want to come up? <laughs> um, That's the phone. Jenna, the phone. Jenna had this stuff, this little uh, stuff she was growing, and you were supposed to put it in water, and it would grow in your refrigerator, and it was good for you, but it was weird. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. No. You no, gotta, no. You she wasn't giving me experimental foods when we first yeah, met. She, uh, she had some stuff she was pushing on people. Come here, son. Come over here. Say <laughs> hi to people. Say hi to people. Come here. Show them your beautiful self. Come here. No, he's not gonna do it. He's not gonna do it. He'll, he'll come oh, he might know. Here he comes. Here he comes. Come here. Come here, boy. Come here. Come on. Oh, Simon. Simon, look over here. Look at this. Look at, oh, oh, eight. Oh. I'm the crazy cat guy. This is you know people are like who's that guy? Oh, he's that old guy and he has the like cats. He's, he's crazy. Yeah. He's crazy. Hey, come here. Come here. Look at this. Simon, come here. Look at that handsome boy. Look at that face. Oh, look at that so boy. So cute. Look at that boy. Boy, boy. Okay, that's a good thing, Dan Dog. Oh, Dan's got his cat. Oh my God, look at that cat. Look, look, Simon. Oh, what, did you see that cat? (laughs) Awesome. Okay, now you're gonna go viral because man, we have cats. We have cats. Dude, I'm gonna put that in my description for this. Cats. Cats. With better than cats. Better than cats. Yeah, we don't have Dame Judy Gench, but we've got cats. This is the Ghost Lights Podcats. Oh, God damn it. All right, Dan, you can mute your mic. Sorry. <laughs> okay, good times, man. Hey, yeah. so when this is over, let's get together and have a real drink. Yeah, no, I'm down to do that. Yeah. Um, before we go, though, you have to answer one more question. Okay, come here. And this one I, I, I prefaced before we got started. What is that ghost light you wish was left on for you when your mom told you to go out there and audition? What I wish that I knew 
and to heart, and that I hope every actor knows, is that our business, <clears throat> that you define your own success, that at, at the end of the day, you go to bed and you go, hey, I got in a play. Um, it's not paying me anything, but I'm a success. Or, hey, I just got a major motion picture starring opposite name your movie star. I'm a success. And both are equally true. Mm -hmm. You define your own success in our business. That's it. It's just true. And there are movie stars who are miserable, who think they are failures. And there are people who do theater and don't make any money who think they're failures. It's all up here. So you define your own success. And, and I wish that I'd known that my whole life, but I know it now. And I hope, I hope every young actor knows that because man, you can get what you wish for. You can, you can become big time and, and go kill yourself. You know, <laughs> they yeah. do it all the time, mm -hmm. you know? So realize that we're in an art form where you, you, you know when you're successful and you define it for yourself. Mm. Yeah, that was, that's a great, I, I won't add anything to that. Usually I, I try and piggyback and go like, oh, like I take it from my perspective. Sam Gregory, that is a perfect ghost lights for our, our, fo our ghosties at home. Good. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the cat is Simon right now. Uh, the, the actor is Sam Gregory. We are honored to have both on, on the podcast tonight. The, the song that opens and closes is War by the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. Please go out and download that track um, so they don't sue me. Um, this is all, it's all gorilla up here, gorilla theater, gorilla podcasting. And uh, with that being said, Thank you so much for listening to us. Take care of each other. Wave to that guy with the weird mustache. As long as he stays six feet away from you, he's okay. And uh, I love y'all. Take care. Dan, do the damn thing.